Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back into the Above the Rim podcast. This is Thursday, August 20th, and I am fired up. I have a great show planned for you guys today. So let's just give you the rundown. Of course, I'm going to start with a quick update on today's games. We've had two games already. I'll tell you who won those and what I think about that. I will also tell you what my expectations are for tonight's Blazers and Lakers game and who gets the W and why. I'm going to get into all of that. And I will also get into how worried should the Clippers be about the Mavericks, of course, after dropping game two last night. Is it time to be a little concerned about the Clippers And also, the Nuggets squander a golden opportunity against the Jazz yesterday with no Mike Conley. They can't take the 2-0 lead. I'll tell you what that means for them and this series. And of course, I got to get in a Jason Tatum. He's looked pretty good in these playoffs. But I'll tell you why I really won't be that impressed with Tatum until we get to the next round. All of that and more coming up today on the Above the Rim podcast. So let's go ahead and let's get this thing going. All right, and with that, let's just get started right into today's action. Of course, the first game today was the Heat versus the Pacers. Heat, of course, lead the series 1-0, and of course, they get the win here today, 109-100 to to take the 2-0 lead. Now, I did pick the Heat in six games, if I remember, but I would not be shocked if it went seven, so I'm not shocked that the Heat won. Look, they take a 2-0 lead. I don't think it's panic time for the Pacers. I still think they can definitely make this a series, and if I'm looking at the stats right now of this game, you look at where the Pacers lost it. It's really in the three-point shooting. The Heat go 18 of 35. That's 51% from the three. I mean, that is a ridiculous amount from the three-point line, a ridiculous percentage. And then, meanwhile, you got the Pacers who went 12 of 34, only 35%. So that's really where the game was won for the Heat. If the Pacers knock a few more down, they make it more of a game. If the Heat knock a few less down, then they don't. But you know the Heat, they got some sharp shooters on that squad. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson played good today. He had 24 points. They can line it up from the three. But I still think the Pacers can make this a series. I do have one concern about the Pacers, though, man. TJ Warren in the scrimmages came out like gangbusters. And ever since the playoffs have started, he's been nowhere to be found. Today, he got 38 minutes, only 14 points. I mean, that's not going to get it done. Definitely, Victor Oladipo is going to need some help. I'm definitely surprised that Oladipo got 37 minutes, and he scored 22 points with those 37 minutes. So they're going to play him high minutes. I thought that maybe they would lower him a little bit. Doesn't look like that. Anyway, the Heat get the win. Jimmy Butler, let's look at his stats here. He got a nice 18-7-6, so nothing to be wowed about, but he's definitely putting the work on the defensive end, and his personality has definitely rubbed off on the Miami Heat. You look at the Miami Heat before he got there, they were kind of soft and everything after LeBron and D. Wade were done. Kind of soft a little bit, and now since Jimmy Butler has arrived, They've established themselves in the East, and I think they will be a tough second-round matchup for the Bucs should they get there, as I think they will. Overall, though, I'm not too surprised. I think the Heat win this series, but I do think the Pacers can still make it interesting. It should be fun to see what happens in Game 3 and 4 in this series, but the Heat, of course, win Game 2, 101-100, and take the 2-0 lead. Now let's shift our attention to the other game that happened today. Of course, that was game two of the Thunder and the Rockets. You guys know how I felt about this. I picked the Thunder to win in seven without Russell Westbrook. Now that prediction I'm starting to get a little concerned about because the Rockets have come out and won two straight. 
I thought they would struggle without Westbrook. I really did. So far, they have not. James Harden was on in game one. The surprising thing, though, in game two, he was not on. Only 5 for 16 from the field and only 2 of 11 from the three-point land. So definitely not a good game for James Harden. So that just makes it more impressive that the Rockets were able to get the win here today, 111 to 98. And that's the second straight win that they've won by double digits. So, I mean, I don't know if the Thunder can match up real well. Chris Paul, I've been a little disappointed with his play. But you look at the Rockets, they're going to do this to a lot of teams. The Rockets are that team. When they win, they're going to blow you out. And the reason why, they take about 60 threes a game. I'm looking at today. They took 56 threes. That is an incredible amount of three-pointers to take. And they made 19 of them. I mean, you're talking about making 19 to 20 threes. That's 60 points on the board. So this team, obviously, when they're on, they're going to blow people out. But when they're off, they're going to get blown out as well. We have yet to see that in the playoffs. But trust me, it will happen. They will go cold from the three-point land. And really, teams are going to have to start making a decision. Do we let James Harden beat us or the Thunder are going to have to make a decision. Do we let James Harden beat us off the dribble or do we cover these three point and I mean do and do we cover these three point shooters? So let James Harden beat us off the dribble and cover up the three point shooters. So just let James Harden beat us or do we collapse on James Harden like they've been doing and leave three point shooters open? It's a tough decision so far it hasn't worked for the Thunder. I look for them to switch some things up and I thought maybe I might have been a little too high on them after the Rockets go up 2-0. The Rockets certainly look good. They look dangerous. I mean anytime you can make 19 threes in a ball game that's dangerous so daryl morey obviously playing with the analytics over there and but the thing is they lost the rebounding margin 48 to 41 and i want to bring that up because the thunder have got to do better on the rebounding game i mean the rockets are playing a 6-6 center 6-7 i don't know what pj tucker is he's around there They've just got to do better rebounding the basketball. You can't only beat the Rockets by seven boards. If you do that and then the Rockets make 19 threes, you're going to have a lot of results like there was today. So Rockets look good. James Harden, he had a bad game today, but doesn't matter as long as they get the win, right? All that matters is the W. They take the 2-0 lead. Thunder could be in some trouble. I do think they can still make it interesting. All it takes is for the Rockets to go a little cold from the three-point line. We'll have to see how it all plays out this weekend, but Rockets definitely have a stranglehold on the series and i'll be shocked if they don't come out of this weekend with at least a 3-1 lead in the series now hey when i'm wrong i'll admit that i'm wrong and i might have been wrong about this thunder and rocket series so i'll admit it i just thought the thunder or the rockets would have a lot more trouble without westbrook than they are having but it looks like the thunder may be in a little over their heads on that one and I know a lot of people have been asking me as we segue in here, you know, are you concerned about the Lakers? A lot of people think I am scared to admit I'm concerned about the Lakers, but that's the thing. I have admitted I'm a little concerned, but I'm not at panic level with the Lakers. And now let's get into tonight's game. Obviously, it's a big one. Game two, Blazers, Lakers, Blazers took game one, one 100 to 93. So Blazers have the 1-0 lead. All the pressure shifts to the Lakers. All the pressure shifts to LeBron James. And all the pressure shifts to Anthony Davis. And the question is, really, how will they respond? This is the first time we've seen this duo under some immense pressure. And if you don't think tonight is immense pressure, it is. The Blazers are rolling in this bubble and if you lose this game, it makes the road to winning this series a lot harder. I think the Lakers need to win this game. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a must win because I don't believe that. I've seen LeBron James come back from down 2-0 in a series, 3-1 in the series. You name it, I've seen it. 
So it's not panic time, but this is a very important game for the Lakers, and I expect them to come out tonight to get to a faster start. I told you guys on Tuesday I wouldn't be surprised if Portland took game one. Now, I did take the Lakers to take game one, so I will admit my failure in that but I told you also that I wouldn't be surprised if Portland wins game one. You're talking about a team that came off a playoff game on Saturday, essentially, versus a team in the Lakers that hasn't really played their guys in about a week's time before that game one. And it showed that first quarter, the Lakers were really rusty. They couldn't hit shots. I mean, they haven't been able to hit shots all bubble, but that first quarter, especially, they were really rusty. I think you could tell. I think tonight they get off to a faster start. And I'm expecting big things from LeBron James tonight, and here's why. A lot of people... A lot of people included, and LeBron James included, last game, look, he tries to get assists. He tries to get the others involved. He thinks that's what they need to get confidence. Well, I'm going to go out on the limb and say what the Lakers players need to gain confidence is they need to see playoff LeBron go crazy. And if I'm LeBron right now and nobody can buy a bucket anyway, I'm going to go for it myself anyway. You know, this is one of those games that LeBron has to tell his teammates, get out of the way. And Anthony Davis, I love Anthony Davis. He's a great player. He has a... He has potential to be one of the all-time greats, but he's just got to get his mental there, if you know what I mean. I just haven't seen enough from him mentally. This year in a lot of big games, he's airballed some threes. I mean, against the Bucks, he airballed some threes. Against the Clippers before the, the shutdown happened, he airballed some threes. So he has looked a little shaky a little bit. But I think what would help that immensely is having LeBron James go off tonight and reminding everybody who playoff LeBron is. And look, I'm a proponent of get the other guys involved. I am. But I also am a proponent of, I think if the other guys see LeBron James play, like playoff LeBron, that will give them confidence as well. I mean, they're going to be looking at LeBron dominating the ball game, thinking, man, we're playing with LeBron James, possibly the greatest of all time. And that just boosts the confidence. That boosts the team's morale if they see LeBron James go crazy tonight. I'm hoping I see it. I'm hoping I get a 30-point triple-double. I think I will. But I got to say, I am a little afraid that we might get passive LeBron again. To me, this is one of those. Anthony Davis has not been in this situation very much. This is one of these games where you just got to show the guys in the locker room, hey, get behind my back. And Anthony Davis, you're going to have a good game, but let me show you how this playoff thing is done. Let me show you how it's done. I think tonight's game calls for that for LeBron. We'll see if he delivers. Look, Damian Lillard and the Blazers, we don't know what they're going to do offensively. They've been on all bubble. The Lakers did hold them a little bit, did contain them a little bit in that game one. I'm hoping the Lakers can do the same, but Damian Lillard and that squad can score the basketball, so the Lakers need to score as well. And that brings me to this. I have a bone to pick with Lakers head coach Frank Vogel because I did not like the way that he's handled the bubble, and I do not like the way he handled game one either. And let's just start here. Lakers up by six, 84-78. Kyle Kuzma scored four straight points. So everyone knows Kyle Kuzma is a streaky guy. So what does Frank Vogel do after he scores four straight points, gives the Lakers a six-point lead? He has the bright idea to take out Kyle Kuzma and put in brick artists so far in the bubble, Danny Green. For the life of me, I do not understand. I know people say, well, they did it to match up with CJ McCollum and Dame Little because Danny Green's better on defense. But this is my thing about Portland. The Lakers are going to need to score. I mean, you're not going to stop these guys. You got Carmelo, you got Damian Lillard, you got CJ McCollum, you got Nurkic. These are offensively talented individuals. 
and you're not going to stop them all game. So what you need to combat that with is, yes, defense, but also some scoring of your own. And I just don't understand what Vogel's doing with Kyle Kuzma. Every day it's different. One day it's Kyle Kuzma's got to be the third guy for us to win a championship. You even have LeBron echoing that sentiment, AD echoing that. And then the next day you take him out when he finally gets rolling. I think you got to keep him in there. Let him go crazy. When he gets going, he gets going. We know streaky shooters. J.R. Smith is another one that I do not understand why he doesn't get gameplay. I'm looking at the Lakers right now. J.R. Smith should be playing more. And Deion Waiters with one minute in game one. I really want to know what Frank Vogel's thinking about that because Deion Waiters during the bubble scrimmages came off that bench and he gave us a spark or he gave the Lakers a spark. Excuse me. Sometimes I say us because you know me, man. I mean, I'm all in on the Lakers this year for sure. But he gives the Lakers a spark every time he comes in, and Frank Vogel, for some reason, does not want to put him in. We get that defense is a big part of things, but you got Anthony Davis manning the down low, and then sometimes you got Dwight Howard. Those are two defensive player of the year type players, and you need to trust them to be there when things break down on the defensive side. But right now, the Lakers need buckets. There's no other way to put it. They can't buy buckets, and they need buckets. So that means Kuzma's got to play more. Deion Waiters has got to get at least 15 to 20 minutes a game, in my opinion. And J.R. Smith, we could argue about this all day, but I think J.R. Smith should be starting. I mean, I think the line, the starting lineup, if you're going to roll JaVale McGee out there, the starting lineup for the Lakers should be LeBron James, J.R. Smith, Danny Green, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee. That's just what I think. I don't know what they're doing with KCP in the starting lineup. I think he's a better bench player. I think he plays better on the bench. Just Vogel has disappointed me a lot. And I think the ending, the, the lineup that the Lakers need to end with is LeBron James at point guard, Danny Green at shooting guard or small forward, however you want to look at it. J.R. Smith, same way, shooting guard or small small forward. And then Kyle Kuzma at the power forward and Anthony Davis at the center. And I know Anthony Davis has made it clear he doesn't want to play center, but what I would tell Anthony Davis is, all right, you don't want to play center? Well, how bad do you want to win a championship? Because in order for you to win a championship, you might just have to play center. I'm watching these Laker games with JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Davison. There's no room for LeBron James to operate. None at all. We all know LeBron James likes to get to the paint. That is his game. He drives it. There's never been a better driver of the basketball than one LeBron James. So we have got to create space. And the way you do that is to put Anthony Davis at center Open up that lane a little bit because we know AD likes to flow it out on the perimeter a little bit, but you need to get AD and JaVale out of there or Dwight. They're clogging up the lane. LeBron has no room to work. You see it every time. And you know, those you, like, I'm a LeBron fan. I I think he is right in the mix of the GOAT conversation. I don't know if I would say he's the GOAT. I like to joke around with people a lot because people, the Michael Jordan stands get real mad about it. But we all know LeBron James does not have a great jump shot. So what does that mean? He needs to get to the basket. And what does that mean for Vogel? You need to clear the lane. And the way to do that is put Anthony Davis at center. I understand Davis doesn't want to do it. But at this point, there is no choice. It's either you want to win a championship or you don't. 
Look, all in all, I think we get a different Laker team tonight. I think we get a lot more aggressive LeBron James. I want to see LeBron James attack and attack early. This is one of those games, like I said, he needs to get the teammates with him. And LeBron James needs to set the tone. If he comes out there and he's attacking early, he sets the tone for the rest of the team. And I guarantee you, if he has a big game, that makes his teammates gain confidence because they look around and they say, oh, yeah. Everyone's talking all this smack about us, but oh yeah, we are playing with arguably the greatest player of all time. That alone, that aura of LeBron James and being his teammate will give this team some confidence. So I look for a different game tonight. I think the Lakers get the win tonight. I mean, if they don't, then I will admit to you, I'm very concerned and it might be time to hit the panic button, but that shit. We'll wait and see how that plays out tonight. Overall, I think the Lakers do win tonight, though. I think they win a close game. I would say they win by no more than eight. I think it is a close game. Blazers will play them tough, but I just think the Lakers will get out to a better start, and LeBron will do better things in terms of scoring the ball. Because in this series, when you got no one scoring, LeBron's got to be around the 30 points per game, 35 point per game average. He's got to do kind of what he did to the Warriors. And when you're LeBron James and it's the playoff time and you're fighting for your playoff lives and you're down 1-0, it's, it's not time for you to acquiesce to Anthony Davis. It's time for you to let Anthony Davis know, I'm LeBron James, and it's time for you to acquiesce to me because get out of my way when I get the ball. I'm going to go do something with it. I'm going to attack the rim, and it's going to be your responsibility to adjust to me. LeBron's been adjusting to Davis all season. Right now in the playoffs where Davis has not proven himself enough, LeBron needs to lead the way I think he does tonight. I got the Lakers getting a big game two victory behind a big game from LeBron, and I think Davis has a good game too, but I think LeBron leads the way for the Lakers, and Lakers tie this thing up 1-1. All right, and now let's segue to a series that actually is tied at 1-1. Of course, that is the Mavericks and the Clippers. And I got to say, I'm I'm starting to wonder how worried should the Clippers be. Now, I, like I said about the Lakers, it's not time to hit the panic button, not by any means, not by any stretch of the imagination. But it is time to be a little concerned about the Clippers, and here's why. Number one, Luka Doncic is killing the Clippers. I mean, all I've heard all season is how great the Clippers' perimeter defense is. It hasn't been that great in the bubble. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it has not been that great in the bubble, and it has not been great against the Mavericks. Luka Doncic is getting whatever he wants. He scored another 28, and this is the thing about Doncic that surprises me. He scored 28 last night in 28 minutes. I mean, I don't know if you're good at math, but if you do that math, that is a point a minute, and that's pretty good for a basketball player. That is all-time great. If you can do a point a minute, that's great. And Luka Doncic is doing it against this Clipper team. I don't know what's going on. Look, Patrick Beverly has this calf injury. I don't know how severe it is. Who knows? Maybe he's going to be one of these guys that just he comes and plays a game, over overstretches himself, and then he's got to miss a game. Who knows what's going on with Patrick Beverly, but that is a thing of concern for the Clippers all in itself. He is one of their best perimeter def defenders, and if you lose the him, it's like the Lakers losing Bradley. It's a big loss. It doesn't really show up on the stat sheet because Beverly is not going to give you a plethora of points. He's not going to do that, but what he does do is a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet, like play defense. He works hard. That trash talk gets some people out of their comfort zone, and the Clippers are missing that right now, and they're just missing the edge that Beverly brings. I think Beverly 
He's not the best player on the team by a long shot. He might even be like the fifth best player on the team. But the edge that he gives the Clippers is unquestionable. And he even gave him it last year against the Warriors in that first round. So he does give the team an edge. And it is concerning that he has a calf injury that is bothering him so much to where he's got to miss games. I don't know how serious it is. Obviously, it's the Clippers. They're not going to tell us. But for him to be missing playoff games that are actually highly contested and and close, it is concerning that he is missing games for me. And it's going to be concerning if he misses more games coming up in the future because, like I said, he is the heart and soul of that team. He gives them that edge. And now on to the second thing. Back to the second thing that concerns me is Luka Doncic. That's 70 points in his first two career playoff games. That's utterly ridiculous. Against a team where people are pumping up, they're they're hyping him up. The best defensive team since Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George match up to those guys on the defensive end. This is the best perimeter defensive team in the league. I haven't seen it. Not against Doncic. You're talking about 70 points in two games and 28 points in 28 minutes. I mean... Are we ever going to look at these numbers and these stats and ever look at the Clippers and be concerned? Because it seems to me the narrative is Bucks and Lakers, no matter what happens, no matter how they win or whatever, we should be concerned. You know, the Bucks and Lakers lose game one, we're, we're hitting the panic button. The, the Clippers get dominated by the Mavericks in two games before Kristaps gets pulled out of the first one, and we're, we're not worried about it. It's just whatever. The Clippers just don't care. And that's the thing about the Clippers. I think their nonchalantness in the regular season is finally catching up to them in the playoffs, and it shows. Leonard looks frustrated at times, and there's miscommunications everywhere. The defense has miscommunications. They don't know what they're doing, and that all comes from them not playing enough games together during the regular season. They've only played like 13 games together, the whole roster. When you look at that, that is troubling, and I don't know why people don't like to mention that. You know, it's like they're scared to mention anything about the Clippers, anything bad about the Clippers, because it is obvious. They are the most talented team in the league, but they've got serious problems. We heard the locker room the other or earlier in the season, you know, getting mad because Kawhi Leonard wants to load manage, and they think that that was, that was crap. Well, now here we are in the playoffs, and these miscommunications and these chemistry issues are rearing their ugly head for the Clippers, and it is time to be concerned for them. It's not time to panic. By no no stretch of the imagination is it time to panic, but it is time to be worried. And the main reason why is because this team hangs their hat on the defensive end, and they've really struggled against the Mavericks. Like I said, that's two games now the Mavericks have pretty much dominated until Kristaps got thrown out of that first game. The Mavericks were pretty much controlling that game as well. So the Clippers have a lot to work on. Kawhi Leonard, he looked good. He did, but he is getting frustrated, and I think part of that is getting frustrated with Paul George. I'm starting to wonder now if Kawhi Leonard is starting to question his Robin to his Batman. And I know, look, Paul George, when he was with Indiana, he took LeBron James and that Heat squad to seven games a lot, and he gave them a challenge. But I will say that that was when Paul George was the underdog and nobody expected Paul George to beat LeBron James. So he was really playing with house money. Now let's look when Paul George got really good teammates and was favored. Let's go to 2018 when he was with OKC, Russell Westbrook, and he played the Jazz. Let's look at this. 6 of 21 in 43 minutes in game two of that series. Do you like that? 
I don't like that, and I don't think Kawhi does either. Now let's look at game six of that series, the closeout game for the Jazz. Paul George goes a whopping two for 16 in 45 minutes. Again, I ask you, do you like that? I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And I think Paul, I think not Paul George, I think Kawhi Leonard is starting to realize this. And let's look at last year's playoffs, okay? Game three, the Thunder are down 2-0 to the Blazers. What does Paul George do? He goes three for 16 from the field in 41 minutes. Again, do you like that? I don't like that. Now let's look at game one of that series. He goes eight of 24. You like that? I don't like that. And now we go finally to game four of that series against the Trailblazers, and he goes eight of 21 I mean, again, do you like that? I don't like that. And then last night, he goes 4 for 17, I believe. that Those are just bad numbers from Paul George. And to me, he's always been someone that disappears in the playoffs. And why Kawhi Leonard was contingent upon him joining the Clippers for Kawhi to go there, I don't know. I think it might bite them because you look at these numbers, I mean, Paul George has a history of disappearing in the playoffs, and I don't know why people don't like to talk about it. People like to talk about Anthony Davis disappearing in the playoffs. Well, look no further than across the way because Paul George has done the same thing, and not to mention Anthony Davis is actually averaging like 30 and 10 in the playoffs. Paul George is nowhere near that number, so I don't know how we get the Paul George Kawhi as Michael and Scotty. I don't know where we get it. I don't think Paul George warrants that type of respect, and you see last night after the game. What does he do after that horrid shooting performance? He comes out with a huge ice pack on his shoulders. The same thing that he told Dame when Dame went at him is, well, if I didn't get hurt and all this and that and all these excuses. And last night, what does he do after that horrid game? He comes out with a huge ice pack on his shoulder trying to plant more excuses. To me, that's who Paul George is. I don't know how much the Clippers can count on him, can count on him in the playoffs, excuse me. So I think the Clippers should be a little concerned. Now, me saying that, you're going to laugh at this. I still think the Clippers win this thing in five or six. I had it at five in the beginning, but now I'm starting to think that Doncic and the Mavs may be good enough to get two wins and force it to six because those guys are playing with confidence, and they have to be. They've they've played better than the Clippers these two games. I do expect the Clippers to wake up in game three on Friday night, though, and I think the Clippers win by double digits, but we'll see what happens. The Mavericks obviously gaining confidence. That's not a good thing if you're the Clippers because Doncic now believes that this team has a chance to win, and if he believes that, the team's going to believe that. So the Clippers look to be possibly in a dogfight. We'll see what happens Friday. Of course, I think the Clippers will win, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers come out of the weekend with a 3-1 lead, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's a 2-2 lead. If I had money, I'd bet on a 3-1 lead, but like I said, not going to be surprised if it ends up 2-2 after the weekend. So that's what I think about the Clippers right now. Now let's move on to the team they could be facing in the second round if both teams advance, and that's the Nuggets. Obviously, the Nuggets squandered a golden opportunity in Game 2 against the Jazz, no, Mike Conley. I think these are games that the Nuggets need to win for sure. Because once Mike Conley gets back, which they're saying he'll be back for game three on Friday, I think it gets a lot harder for the Nuggets. And for the Nuggets to lose 124 to 105, I mean, I just don't get this team. I really don't. They are so talented. They have so much talent. 
that they should not be having trouble with the Utah Jazz without Mike Conley. I'm just going to put it straightforward. They should not be having trouble with the Utah Jazz without Mike Conley. And case in point, how do you let Jordan Clarkson go off in game two for, I believe it was 26 points? Here, Let me check here what exactly it was as I pull up the game here, the game log. Let's look at exactly what the Nuggets gave up to him. 26 points. And then they gave up another 30 to Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell kills the Nuggets every time they play. I don't know what it is about him. They need to find a defensive matchup for Donovan Mitchell because they can't contain this guy. But to have Jordan Clarkson go for 26 points is... I mean, it's head-shaking to me. It's confusing to me. I don't understand it. Then you look at the Nuggets side. Michael Porter obviously has a great game with 28 points, and that's exactly why Mike Malone needs to have him in at the end of the game. I told you after game one, I do not understand why Mike Malone does not have this guy in at the end of the game. If you consider him a franchise cornerstone, then you've got to play him at the end of the game. It's one of those things you got to ride or die with him. And I hope that going forward, he continue, he does actually ride or die with Michael Porter Jr. But I can't say enough how disappointed I am in the Nuggets. I mean, for that game, let's just look at that game stat. Where, where did the Nuggets exactly lose that game? Because I was at work at the time. I couldn't really get to see it. I'm looking at the field goal percentage. You give up 51% to the Utah Jazz in the field goals. I mean, that's not good. The Jazz hit seven more threes than the Nuggets. That's not good. I mean, I'm looking at the 10 more assists than Nuggets. So obviously the ball movement was better for the Jazz. And the points in the paint, the Jazz 48 to the Nuggets 28. I'm sorry. You have Nikola Jokic. He should be able to get you more points in the paint. There's just things with the Nuggets. I think they have so much talent. I think they can challenge any team in the league. But for some reason, this team continues to let one and two man teams, one and two man people, or one or two people, excuse me, beat them. It happened last year with CJ and Dame, which is, I mean, no disrespect, Dame's that guy, but you can't let CJ beat you like that. And then this year, it's happening with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you can't let Donovan Mitchell go off like this if you will have championship aspirations, which I think this team should have. I don't think it's out of the possibility that they should have championship aspirations, but in order to do that, you've got to stop letting one-man teams beat you. And Donovan Mitchell has sliced and diced this team up all season long. Every time they play, he slices them up. I'm interested to see what happens in Game 3 on Friday. If you had to ask me, I think the Nuggets take Game 3, but I think the Jazz take Game 4. I think we go into um, I think we go in the next week with this tied series 2-2. I really do. I think that's the way it's going to go. I think this series is going to go seven. They match up real well. And now that the Jazz got Mike Conley back, they match up even better. So the Nuggets just squandered a huge opportunity. They could have put their foot on the Jazz's throats last night. They didn't do it. Now we'll see how they respond in game three. But I'm, I'm super disappointed in how the Nuggets played in game two. And with that, let's move on to the east side of things. Of course, if you're talking about the Bucks and the Magic, you know how I feel. I think the Bucks even that series up today. I think they do it easily. I think they win in double digits, and I think they reestablish their dominance within the Eastern Conference. But let's move on to the Raptors and the Nets. Of course, they played yesterday. I'll make it quick. Not a lot to talk about with this series, of course. But again, the Raptors, they might be the one championship hopeful team that has actually came and showed up so far in the playoffs. They look sharp. They look good. The defenses 
on point, and they just have so many guys that can beat you. I'm looking at Van Vliet yesterday. who scored 24. Kyle Lowry chipped in with 21. Norman Powell came out of nowhere with 24, and then Pascal Siakam had 19. When you have that type of depth in your team, Anything can happen, and I think the Raptors are going to be a team to be reckoned with. Honestly, I go back and forth every day, even though I picked the Bucks to get to the finals. I go back and forth every day on whether or not I actually think the Bucks can beat the Raptors. The Raptors are that good and that deep. It goes to show that last year they were a lot more than just a Kawhi Leonard-led team. They are deep over there, and you need to watch out for them. Of course, they take the 2-0 lead 104-99, to I believe. Let me check the score here. Yep, 104 to 99. Only a five-point game. The Nets, Jeff Harris is, or Joe Harris, not Jeff Harris. Joe Harris left the bubble the other day, so he won't be back for game three. So, like I said before the series started, I expect the Raptors in a sweep, and now I am highly confident on the Raptors sweeping that series. Now let's go over to the other East Side game that happened the other night or last night. The Celtics bested the 76ers 128 to 101 in game two. No surprise there. The 76ers without Ben Simmons, they just don't have enough. Now, before the series started, I thought Joel Embiid was dominant enough that he could get the Sixers two wins. I still believe he could, but right now it's looking unlikely. It really is. Jason Tatum goes for his second game of 30-plus, and now people are asking me, are you going to consider Tatum a star yet? And I tell them, what he's doing right now is great. It is great. I mean, it's great for his confidence. It's great for confidence building, but... I don't think he's a star yet. I still think he's a rising star, and I want to see what he does next round against the Raptors. That's when we'll really see what Jason Tatum is because Nick Nurse will devise a game plan to stop him, and how he responds is what will make him a star or not because you know stars. When people, when teams scheme for them to not have good games and they continue to go out there and ball, that's what makes them a star. When good teams, per se. Right now, the 76ers don't have a Ben Simmons, so I can't be that impressed. I think the Celtics should win. I picked him to win. I mean, they should really have no problems. And right now, Joel Embiid, I feel for the guy. He just has no help right now. He really doesn't. Tobias Harris has not stepped up. He has not looked like what they signed his contract for let's just be real about it that looks like a bad sign and then be finished yesterday with 34 and 10 i mean that's a good game but again only 21 shots i said on the podcast tuesday for the 76ers to have a legitimate chance joel Embiid has got to get off at least 25 to 30 shots that's just the way it is. That's the way it's going to be because that team, they have nobody else that can score. So Joel Embiid's got to dominate. 21 shots isn't going to do it, and only 13 free throws. Not going to do it. If he's shooting 25 to 30 times a game, he should be getting 17 to 20 free throws. What he's doing right now isn't going to do it. Of course, I feel bad for them because they are undermanned. If Ben Simmons was in this series, I think it's a different series. I think it's a lot closer and a lot tougher to call because I think Ben Simmons matches up with Tatum on the defensive end, and he can stop some players on the defensive end. Ben Simmons is no joke on defense. He's lengthy, he's strong, he's fast, he's athletic. He gives people problems on defense, so that's a big loss for the Sixers. Overall, I expect the Celtics to win this series. I think after the weekend, we should be coming back into this series with the Celtics up 3-1. That's what I think. Of course, I picked him in six. I mean, I'm kind of waffling on that right now. I just don't think the 76ers have enough. I think we go enter, we go out of the week, and excuse me, with the Celtics up 3-1 on the Sixers and looking to close it out after the weekend.
And that'll do it for me on this beautiful Thursday, August 20th. That'll do it for this episode of the Above the Rim podcast. Of course, if you liked it, please give it a follow on Spotify and share it around with all your friends. You can also find this on the podcast app and wherever you listen to podcasts, by the way, in case you didn't know that. But like I said, if you like to give it a follow and tell your friends about it, join in on the discussion. I love nothing more than to hear your guys' opinions. And with that, we will see you guys here next time.